0: Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older and one way to celebrate life is by sharing a great read with your grandchildren. So if you and those favorite beings in your life are fans of fanciful stories with more than their share of twists and turns, you are going to love this book. Melissa De La Cruz, best-selling author of literally dozens of books for readers of all ages, including the much-loved Alex and Eliza Trilogy and Disney's Descendants novels, has just come out with her latest fairy tale adventure. It's called Never After the 13th Fairy, and she's joining us today to share all about it. So Welcome, Melissa.
1: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I want to start out... Uh, I certainly want to find out about your soon-next-to-be bestseller, <laughs> but as I would mentioned before we went on air, I want to pick your brain about your life because, oh my gosh, you are living a dream of many, many of my listeners and myself because you are such a prolific and successful author. So first off, a huge congratulations on all of your accomplishments. Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you well i'd like to as too i was doing a little background information and even though you've written i mean literally dozens of best selling novels and and you've gotten a lot of acclaim and you know awards et cetera, et cetera if i'm right didn't you start your writing career uh, in the world of fiction or uh, sorry in the world of fashion not the world of fiction but didn't you start as a fashion writer
1: Yes, I was a uh, fashion editor and a beauty editor and a journalist, and I wrote for Harper's Bazaar, um, Teen Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire. Uh, yeah, so I I started uh, my career by uh, covering fancy parties, <laughs> which uh, led to <laughs> uh, uh, inspiration for a book about teenagers in New York who are also vampires. I remember seeing. Paris Hilton and her sister Nikki Hilton when they were teenagers in nightclubs in New York. So <laughs> that was a that was a fun time in my life, yeah.
0: Now you're not referring to them as ba- vampires, I'm sure, but <laughs> Oh Melissa, yeah I sure I think I bet it was
1: vampires in my book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well
0: I, I'm i sure it must have been. But, I mean, the whole time while you were doing that, of course, that was paying the bills, and certainly very nice bills, I would think, uh, for all those party dresses you had to buy. But uh, when did you decide to, you know, I'm going to try my hand at fiction? Well, I always wanted to write novels, so
1: that was always a dream. Um, and I had written a novel that got the attention of an editor, uh, didn't end up being published. It was my third written novel, novel that became my first published one. But he told me um, I should try to be a journalist and try to get my name out there because nobody would buy a novel from somebody who never even written an article. So I thought, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll take his advice. I'm very good at taking advice um, and direction. And uh, And I started writing for a bunch of newspapers and magazines in New York and a couple of years later, uh, you know, Kate Maya found an agent who took my novel out to the market, and we were able to sell it about five years after um, I got that advice to be a journalist. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to write professionally, but I always wanted to write
0: books. That was always the, the end game, certainly. And oh my gosh, when you started getting the awards, having selling all these, you know, copies, and now, and two, you've got some big hits on television to your name. What was that feeling like?
1: You know, my career kind of built kind of slowly. Um, you know, it wasn't something that came overnight. I've been publishing. I think my first hit uh, was my. I think my fifteenth book, so you know I'd been in publishing for you know almost a decade and uh and it was kind of this gradual thing you know suddenly, you know my agent, who you know i probably talked to maybe three times a year, suddenly was calling every month and then suddenly every week, and then suddenly you had meetings with the publisher and they wanted to talk about you know your sales numbers uh which you know when you're a mid list author uh, You know, suddenly when you have a big bestseller, you know, you get a call the next day after your book launches or, you know, the next week and they go over all the numbers with you. So that was really exciting and it was interesting to kind of slowly learn about that world in publishing, you know, instead of being um, white hot from the beginning, kind of working your way up. And I remember my editor saying, um, you know, uh, we're so excited, you know, as you're, you you know, going up, 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 and I said, you know what, it'll be fine. I'll be fine on the way down, too, (laughs) because what comes up has to come down. So uh, (laughs) my career, you know, it's a little bit of a roller
0: coaster in the creative industry. Well, I'm sure, but, oh, my gosh. Well, with this book especially, this thing is going to head straight up. So tell us a little bit about the story uh, in Never After, The 13th Fairy and your heroine, Philomena, and some of the – we don't want to give too much away, but we want to whet our listeners' appetites for this one.
1: Uh, Yes, it's a retelling of a Sleeping Beauty fairy tale when I discovered – that the original Grimm Brothers uh, Sleeping Beauty story doesn't end with uh, the prince waking up Sleeping Beauty with a kid and ending the curse. There's actually a part two, uh, which involves ogres and bloodshed and tragedy and the prince framed for Sleeping Beauty's murder. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what, what a dark and terrible story I have to write about it. So 12-year-old Philomena um, goes to uh, the land of Never After and finds the real stories between, uh, behind the fairy tales that we know and uh, has to save um, the fairy tale land from a terrible ogre queen um, uh, while being helped by these uh, fun characters uh, that she's a fan of. So it's as it's if a book fan ended up in
0: the world uh, that they know so well. Well, and I know, I mean, you do you do have a history of writing books for all ages, but this one is basically aimed at, again, middle schoolers like 12, 13-year-olds. Uh, I'm wondering, and now you have a daughter, I believe, I, did you ask her for help? I mean, do you need a little support in, in regressing? Well, I don't know if that's the right word, but taking yourself back to that age and some of the things that they think and some of the ways they interact with people?
1: Um, Not really, because I kind of write for the kid that I used to be, so I write for myself. I mean, certainly it's interesting um, to see, uh, you know, real kids that age, um, and she, you know, is always uh, giving me opinions on whether she likes the cover or the title and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, and it it was a little bit about um, my own childhood, but also a little bit inspired by Stuff that my 12-year-old was going uh, through at the time. Philomena uh, so was 12 and uh, Maddie was 12 at the time that I wrote it. So there's some inside jokes, you know. Um, definitely the overprotective parents are based on me and my husband. She says we're very, very
0: <laughs> overprotective. So <laughs>
1: a little bit of, of fun there. <laughs>
0: Well, and I bet, too, I bet she is quite the, you know, the star of her school when your books come out about that great. I mean, that, that would be a lot of fun for her, too, I'm sure. And I'm thinking research-wise, you have to do a lot of reading as far as, you know, fairy tales and all that to get your ideas. But do you – because there are a ton of twists and turns in this and a lot of surprises. So do these ideas kind of fall into your head while you're in the shower or walking the dog? Or how do you come up with these various plot lines that you're going to put your poor heroines into? (laughs)
1: Um, No, they kind of come, you know, on the page when I'm working. You know, I, I outline my book so I kind of know, you know, the main story. And then when I'm in each chapter, you know, um, I just kind of see where the story takes me and, uh, you know, what what fun fairy tale would be fun to twist in this instance. And it's just a very organic uh, process. Um, but, yeah, I do a lot of my, you know, work um, in front of the computer. You know, I, it's like kind of it's time to focus, time to think about it. And uh, and I like to, when I'm not working, not think about my books. I, I don't like to be distracted by that. I want to be present for my family um, and for my friends. So I, I'm pretty disciplined about that. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that, too, because uh, I, you do outline, and then I've I've spoken with a number of authors where they kind of like the, their characters come alive within them, <laughs> you know, kind of like they channel. They feel like they channel their characters, you know, spoken word or whatever, but it sounds like you are, like you say, pretty disciplined, so you write pretty much the same hours each day. Uh, I, I do try to keep off hours. Um,
1: before I had a kid, you know, I'd been writing for about 15 years and I would write at night. That was kind of uh my schedule. I really liked working, you know, uh, from 5 PM uh, onward. I would probably write from 5 PM to midnight or 2 AM. I was very much a night owl. Um, and then when we had our baby, you know, you really could not do that because you had to be awake, um, for your, kids so i really had to change you know even my brain and my schedule and so now i work monday to friday um i usually the best time of writing is uh the minute i get up you know when it's still relatively quiet from 7 a.m to about lunchtime so we have a solid you know five six hours and then um Pretty much after lunch, I'm kind of done. <laughs> I have food coma and I don't want to do anything. Uh, and then I get a second wind um, kind of right around after dinner and start working again from about, you know, 7 to 9 p.m. or 8 to 10 p.m. So I kind of keep the middle of the day free. And that's when I, you know, run errands or, you know, go to the gym or, you know, um, just try uh get all the ordinary life done.
0: Well, Melissa, because obviously, I mean, you have, you know, you you are prolific. You have a number of wonderful novels to your name. And it's great that you can kind of compartmentalize your life where you get time to do all the work, but then you get to, like you say, enjoy your family and, and live a regular life and be there for your friends. So, And speaking of your other side of life, too, I do want to mention um, you are the co-founder, um, I hope I'm saying this correctly, you west and you fest our co-director of you fest so tell us a little bit about that because that's also something very special
1: uh yes i co-founded and i'm the co-directors of two of the biggest uh young adult book festivals in the country and we recently went uh virtual this year so we had two virtual festivals um and we bring um, authors and their books to uh, young readers. And we, uh, at our uh, festivals, uh, when we had them, you know, in real life, we would uh, bring in students, you know, some kids who'd never owned a book before to come and be able to pick out the book. And usually it's the first book that they ever owned in their life. And, uh, and we send authors to schools where they've never had an author before so yeah, we're just uh celebrating books and literacy and uh you know, uh trying to crack uh a book open uh for uh for uh for young kids minds, definitely.
0: Wow. Well, Melissa, I mean, your life sounds awfully full, and I I really have to congratulate you again on not only this book but the other ones you've you've written uh, because they're obviously quite successful and much beloved. So, before we have to leave, um, I know you've got a lot on your plate and a lot to share. But any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners, our grannies here, who we can um, you know maybe share some of your books with our grandchildren. <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, If your grandkids are Disney Descendants fans, Never After is uh, the best uh, follow-up to that. And uh, in May, I have a book called High School Musical, the Musical, the Series, the original novel, which is set in the high school musical world. And uh, any grandchildren who are uh, high school musical fans might enjoy that as well.
0: Well, I am sure there are tons of those out there. Anyway, Melissa, thank you for sharing your time and, of course, your amazing sense of creativity and wonder with us. Because uh, as we get a little older, you know, sometimes I can get a little same old, same old. But your books are definitely not that. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a total pleasure.
0: Yeah, for me, too. And please, for you listeners out there, check out uh, Melissa. Oh, Melissa, well, melissa's website and also realize that uh she's got some all you have to do is google her name melissa de la cruz and you can check out her website and see all the books she's got because they'll make great gifts for your grandchildren or anyone else on your list who loves fantasy fairy tales and a super fun read this is mary eileen williams at feisty side of 50 radio saying i'll catch you later bye-bye